0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal eighty six. I hope you did your taxes. Not to bring you down immediately, if you didn't, but taxes are important.
1: Are they due today?
0: They're due. No, well when they're this was the released, we're, they were. Yeah. You guys are late. Yeah, they're overdue. If you're the day we're recording, they're due. I got my tax return like two months ago. I'm I'm a little overzealous with the tax return, but not everyone is. So, now dude, we did didn't do your taxes. Thing. Get them in. Yeah. I mean, getting money is good. Not everybody gets money either though. Some people have to pay money.
1: What is it, JD Wentworth? I want my money and I want it now.
0: 877 cash now. Not a sponsor, but fantastic commercials. Come on guys. You've all seen them. Tactic and Nerd are here with me. You've heard them. They're talking. We're all talking. And we're asking the age old important question. When you eat dinner, do you eat at the table or, at the, or on the couch? We just We talked about this today.
2: I'm convinced there's a correlation between a single couple or a family and whether or not they're couch eaters yeah. or table eaters.
0: Well, fam- families aren't aren't couch eating, I don't think. Full disclosure, we are all couch eaters. In this this is a this is a couch eating podcast. Not like like we don't eat couches, but like we eat speak for yourself. On couches. I eat
1: couches. Like I couldn't eat meat for the last few weeks cuz Easter Lent whatever Fridays i ate strictly couch. Eating yeah.
2: couch sounds like a sexual thing
1: actually kind of does i don't like that i take it back yeah. i don't eat couch i don't know Yo, what that would be couch but... every night guys <sighs>
0: i know she was she's eating couch if you know what i mean all right let's let's get back on track are you a couch eater or are you <laughs> no i can't say it do you do you eat dinner while on the couch watching television or do you eat dinner at the table I mean also maybe some some people lay on the floor
2: too. They I think you I think the name for them is carpet munchers.
1: So I don't want to I'm going to just ignore that and I don't want to cause a derail here. And I know we're not like a weird events podcast, but apparently so I just, you know, out of curiosity had to Google Couch Eater. And apparently there is in Florida a woman who is addicted to eating the foam inside couch cushions and has been doing so yeah. for 21 years. And apparently, it's a rare disorder called pica. So,
0: is that is that show it. My Strange Addiction? Is that is that show still on? Or was that like, did I just date myself? Remember that show, My Strange Addiction? There's like do a person who's like, yeah, there's a person who's obsessed with dressing up in baby clothes and like, you know, there's, just, there's a lot going on in that show. Sounds like she was probably on it or should have been on it. We don't none of us eat couches here, but we wanna know do you eat dinner at the table? Do you eat it on the couch? Uh, where do you stand on this? Do you feel vociferously one way or the other? Let us know. At OW Six, at OWTectic, at OW, Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, our main show account, at online warriors one. Let's start a conversation over on the Twitter sphere before Elon Musk buys it. That's a that's a converse that's a topic that was left on the coding room floor today. We're not gonna be talking about it here other than right now, but Is he still almost is he like still maybe doing that? I just heard that he offered to do it. I don't know how serious it was. I think I mean, maybe none of us know, but he offered to buy Twitter or like the majority share in Twitter, which is, you know, costs a lot of money. But he's Elon Musk. He can do he can do what he wants. Today, we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder. We're also talking about one of my favorite actors of all time, Nicolas Cage and the movie he's coming out with later this week. And finally, we're going to be dancing back to Marvel and talking about a name that's going to be impossible for me to say for the entirety of this episode. Squirrel Girl. Okay, I got it that time, but I'm going to struggle with it. So we'll get to that. They're rolling that out in an unconventional format that we'll talk about. But I think the headliner here is probably Thor Love and Thunder. You guys all saw Thor Ragnarok. And of course, you saw the Avengers movies. You know what, you know where Thor is at. Thor got himself a gut. And I don't know, it looked like... So this was a minute and a half long teaser trailer, not the official trailer. This is, I think, officially characterized as a teaser trailer. Of course, the big moment, cutting all the way to the end, is that was Natalie Portman, right? Is that what I'm to believe? Yes,
1: that was Natalie Portman. I I wouldn't
0: agree that that was the big moment, but I'll let you continue. That was the big moment to me, but you can correct me later on. What what else? What's to, okay, let's go there now. What was the big moment? Besides that was, I mean, it was frame. The trailer framed it as the big moment. Certainly, they thought that was the biggest gotcha moment. But what what did you think was?
2: Um, the fact that he lost his gut. No, I'm kidding. So the biggest moment yeah. was <laughs> not the Natalie Portman sequence because we all knew that was coming. This is not this big shocker. Like oh wow, the big moment was the lightning bolt c- grab by Zeus. That was the big moment in okay. this one.
0: Well, so here's the thing. That was a big moment for people who know what's up. And I guess for the purposes of this discussion, just consider me someone who does not know what's up because it didn't resonate with me. Like, I, is that supposed to mean, is that a character in the comics that's showing up or something? I just saw Lightning Bolt and was like, oh, more Thor stuff because he's the God of Thunder, right? But I guess maybe that was an oversimplification. Do we know who that was? Who was holding Like the actor? Yes, the we do. Guy? Is it Christian Bale? I believe but so. I heard, yeah, I heard he's in it. I heard he's in it. I love Christian Bale, full disclosure. I think he's great. Shout out to Christian Bale.
2: So, Russell Crowe is Zeus, first and foremost. Not Christian Bale. Oh, whoops. And the reason why this is a big deal is because it ties a lot of stuff together that we're seeing in this next phase. So, Zeus, of course, ties to the Eternals, but eh, I don't really care. That's kind of the secondary thing, because more, more importantly, Zeus shows us is if you have Zeus, you have the existence of Poseidon, and if you have Poseidon, another name for him would be the god of Atlantis. And if you have the god of Atlantis, you have to have Atlantis. And if you have Atlantis, you've got Namor, and that my this
0: friends, is is why it's exciting. Like one of those because well, this is because this is turning into one of those word association exercises, and I I feel like you just you just took like seven steps to get where you were going, and I'm just. Again, you're great at predictions. It would be great if you were right. Well, let me tell you why. There was like seven
2: steps. Why this makes perfect sense. So we've heard two things, right? Well, one, we've seen the Eternals, so we know that that ties in. It's going to link them to the Ultimate Universe, and we're going to see their return. The other thing is, with respect to Poseidon, Atlantis, and Namor, is we already know that the premise of the next Black Panther movie is going to be a battle between Atlantis and Wakanda. And so, we've now gotten our soft intro into Namor, we're going to see that segue into the next Black Panther movie, and we're going to really start building up Phase 2. So, this this was a huge, what seemed like a little nudge, but really it was a huge door opening up into the next phase. So, I'm very excited about
0: it. Can this. I just, can we just pause here for a second? So, where were you, did that all show up in Eternals? I didn't see Eternals. So the Atlantis thing, the set, what you're describing in the next Black Panther is being, is that speculation or is that actually like we know that's what it's about?
2: Well, we know that, well, there's been leaks that that's what's going to happen. And so this kind of okay. checks that box. All we saw was Zeus, but we know in the comics book that he's linked to the Eternals. But again, that could they could still keep them separate, but you can't say that Zeus has no relation to Poseidon because Poseidon is Zeus's brother. And with that phase knowing that it's that it's coming down the road, it's it's not a stretch to say that if you have Zeus, so, you have Poseidon, and you have
0: Namor. What I'm predominantly hearing is, before I watch Thor: Love and Thunder, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and watch Eternals, which I've been putting off. Looking more at this trailer, of course, the other major thing that I think. Is going to feature well. There's there's a couple of major themes that are coming up. One is kind of more of what we got at the very end of Endgame, where you know, as Guardians of the Galaxy, right, where Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy and the, and him and Chris Pratt are kind of fighting over how to do things. It looks like there's going to be a lot more of that. There's going to be a, a healthy dose of Chris Pratt, which and I love. I love. I think they were looking
2: for it. That looked absolutely. Hilarious. I think it's going to be
0: great. It's something we were all expecting and it looks like it's going to deliver on that. but the other major thing is it seems like is at one point, I think he said like i'm I'm how do you not be a superhero anymore or something? he's gonna start doing his own thing. We're gonna see a lot more of Valkyrie and how she's dealing with things back on earth. it looks like so there's there's a lot going on here and and then of course, it's capped by Natalie Portman, but I just I don't know. I, I guess for me, Natalie Portman and Milnor being back together again. I'm skeptical. I don't want to say skeptical. That's too strong of a word. But Ragnarok was so good. Ragnarok, I, I think is it might be in my top five Marvel movies. It's certainly in my top ten. To me, I'm not so much comparing or going. I'm not going to compare this movie with Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War or any of the more recent movies like that, I'm going to compare it to Thor Ragnarok. And I'm going to say, okay, what is this doing for that character in his arc? And is it as inventive as Ragnarok felt? I think it's it's going to have I have have doubts about that.
2: Well, it's going to have to be because not only do you have sort of the same comical back and forth between Star-Lord and Thor, but you'll have the same comical back and forth between thor and the other gladiators that Kork. he interacted with is specifically cork yes because we've already seen Korg, so it's safe to say that a lot of his friends and and relationships that were formed there are going to continue on in this story arc
0: it's I on just don't know about it's on Hulk. taika ytt but i i think it's on taika ytt here too because i think taika ytt is the reason that thor ragnarok was good I think the comedic sensibility was very much there. And I think Taika Waititi is a great director. Uh, I did not really care for Jojo Rabbit. I actually didn't finish it. But in general, I like Taika Waititi. You didn't like Jojo Rabbit? I did not like Jojo Rabbit. I turned it off. I, I, was, I wasn't into it. Wasn't feeling it. It was just weird to me. So it was know. weird. But I feel like, I how the,
1: far did you get into it?
0: A good half hour. I got to Sam Rockwell and I love Sam Rockwell. If a movie with Sam Rockwell in it can't hold my attention, something is definitely wrong. That was that was like kind of my thing with it.
1: It started off, from my recollection, and not to derail the conversation, but from my recollection of that movie, I remember kind of feeling the same way where the first half hour, 45 minutes didn't grab me. But I would say like the last hour of that movie completely and totally made up for it because it, it kind of set this like surreal stage in the first half of that movie. And then the back half of the movie brought it home.
0: Was them dancing on that stage? I I don't know. Like, uh, it plays up for a bunch of Oscars. I know I'm probably wrong about this. I just, it just, it just wasn't for me. Thor Ragnarok was for me. And I thought it was, it was very inventive, very well done and very funny, which I think was the most important aspect of it. And, you know, again, it it doesn't look like this is going to be funny, but like, I don't know. Thor is also a tough character for me. It's the only Marvel movie I think I've never seen still is Thor. I have not watched Thor The Dark World. Just haven't done it just haven't felt the need to do it either it's one of the like there's other like eternals i know i have to see that so yeah i guess i haven't seen that one either but like i i don't feel the need to go all the way back to dark world especially now but i've heard that it just like is kind of widely regarded as the worst one so i'm just i'm a little wary of a backslide but i think in general this trailer did what it was supposed to do and i think it looks pretty good and how about that sweet child of mine huh that's that's what we show up for with these marvel trailers say, is good sound marvel cracking.
1: trailers have amazing soundtracks lately like they choose what feels like the perfect song for every single trailer lately
0: especially when the guardians of the galaxy are involved you can pretty much count on amazing soundtrack work so yeah i, I i'm into this I, I, i'll i'll watch it certainly it's 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 certainly going to be a marquee thing for for marvel and for this phase as you said tactic you know i think this is going to be rolling out a lot of different red carpets but, you know, I am curious to see the actual, like, um, official trailer, because I think... It, so, Christian Bale is supposed to be the bad guy, I believe. And I'm into that. The God- Do you butcher, mean Russell Crowe? I guess is... No, Russell Crowe is supposed to be Zeus, right? Isn't that what you said before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Zeus the bad guy? They've, they've no had drama. a scu-
2: butt every now and then. I, I don't, I don't know there what there direction we'll Marvel's going to take with this, Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it it could be one of those surprise bad guy situations where the person you don't think is the bad guy turns out to be the bad guy. Sorry if we just spoiled the movie for all of you. I don't know if you've ever read Greek mythology, but Zeus is kind of a douche. Zeus. What I do know is that Zeus has sex with a lot of people. That's kind of the because he's a douche. It's kind of the whole thing with it's kind of the whole thing with Greek mythology. I I, I thought you were going to ask. You were like, I don't know if you've ever read, and then you paused for a while, and I was like. I've read I have I can read just I haven't read a lot of Greek pathology not really my thing I do know about Poseidon from Spongebob though I know a lot about Spongebob so uh yeah Thor Love and Thunder is coming to theaters July 8th 2022 obviously a pretty prime summer blockbuster window that I'm sure is going to draw a lot of traffic so we'll see what goes on there we'll see another trailer I'm sure in the short term but until then get hyped Thor fans moving on we're gonna do the old Nicolas Cage sandwich here, sandwich it between some Marvel pieces of bread. Now I'm gonna do something unconventional, as we often they call do on it this Marvel podcast. Rye.
1: <laughs> that was really bad. A, a
0: Nick Cage sandwich. I thought that was great uh, on Marvel Rye. I'm stealing that. I mean, I can. St- it's not even really stealing. This is our podcast. We we share it, so that's that's podcast material. This past weekend, my what are you up to for this week? I watched Pig. You guys remember? You guys remember seeing about Pig? The Nick Cage movie?
1: I do. Wasn't that about his, like, truffle pig? He has a truffle
0: pig. And in the beginning of the movie, it gets stolen. And he, like, goes to the city to get it back. It is a wild movie. I'm not going to say it was... So, okay, so the, some of the was context, it something the like reason the that Big I went
2: Lebowski to where he just wants his rug and he gets into shenanigans?
0: A little bit like that, but way darker and way more... It takes up way more seriously than Big Lebowski did. Which also, I don't really... I'm not a big fan of Big Lebowski, which I know, again, is an unpopular opinion. But... I decided to watch Pig finally. Well, first of all, it was a family event. We were, we were together for Easter dinner and then someone, we we're all Nicolas Cage fans in and, and the Illegal 86 family. So someone said, hey, what if we watch Pig? Because we've been talking about it for a while. And we did. And the reason that we decided to ultimately was Nick Cage recently had an AMA, which I think I might have talked about last week. It's a fantastic AMA. One of the best Reddit has ever had. And someone asked him, what are the best, what are like your three favorite movies that you've done? And one of the ones he mentioned, and he talked about it in a number of answers that he gave on the AMA, was Pig. And he said it was this really inventive and fantastic movie. And when it came out, it did get very good reviews. It was kind of like an indie hit. Guys, this is a weird movie. But, like, there there are parts of it that are really good, but there are also large swaths of this movie that are just what the hell is going on, <laughs> and like not and like not really in, an, in a particularly entertaining way either. Just like what was the What was the idea here? How did this get pitched? And how did this make it onto the screen that I'm watching right now? Kind of thing. A couple of cagey moments. You know, when you watch a Nicolas Cage movie, you're bound to get at least a couple of cagey moments. All in all, it's on Hulu, by the way. So you can watch it for free if you have Hulu. If you're you're in the mood for a weird experience, give it a watch. And if you're not, don't. I know it's a very ambiguous review, but that's kind of... And also, I guess if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, watch it because he does do some good work in it. It's just a very weird movie about a, about him trying to find a pig.
2: Would you correlate this movie and in, in the weirdness scale of it to what you believe this next up and coming Nicolas Cage installment will be?
0: I do not. So I, I think that, so yeah, what we're talking about here, um, the unbearable weight of massive talent is a movie in which Nicolas Cage is going to be playing himself. And it comes out this coming Friday, April 22nd. And he did the AMA incidentally to to promote this movie. And he also talked about how great this movie is. And if you haven't seen the trailer for this movie, you should go watch it right now because it's as crazy as as it sounds. He plays himself and he is recruited by the CIA for a mission. So this is, you know, this is a movie that it's going to be very meta. It's going to be a lot of Nicolas Cage kind of poking fun at himself. And it's going to be a lot of him probably reenacting or recreating some of his zaniest performances of which there are very many i'm very excited for this I, and also he's play uh he's playing with pedro pascal is is who he's acting against for the little, vast majority of this movie it looks like I'm, I'm gonna google it really quick too i believe this movie is actually getting very good reviews do you know what this movie uh, needs Pig did too so picture this
2: movie full of zany nicholas cage scenes all sorts of weird stuff happens the movie fades to black okay there's about a 10 second pause. Then white text fades into the screen saying, based on a true story, that's what this movie needs. That's what I really hope this movie has.
0: This movie has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes right now on 46 critic reviews. So this movie is, it seems like going to be a hit. I'm extremely excited for this. I guess I want to open the floor to a discussion question. Nicholas Cage, of course, iconic actor, a source of many a meme at this point. And a -a one-of-a-kind gem, of course. What other actor do you want to see play themselves? We've seen this a couple of times before. We saw this perhaps most notably with This Is The End, where a lot of those guys played themselves, or at least characterized versions of themselves. Who do you want to see a movie about where they play themselves?
2: Steve Buscemi. And and not for the reason you think, because he's like actually all around just like a stand-up guy. And I think it would just be like, wow, you know, I didn't, or or really just, I want kind of a biography on Steve Buscemi is what I want, a bio. For
0: me, my first, and actually this is also kind of, kind of happened. I get one though. He played the dad. I was going to say Shia LaBeouf, I think has had a very interesting life and a, a lot of times a rough go of it. And I'd like to dig into that a little bit more. Or Mr. Bean. He played his dad in that movie Honey Boy, which I think incidentally was also considered a very good movie. Mr. Bean will be good rowan atkinson
2: you know he's 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 got a master's degree in electrical engineering I
0: rowan atkinson that. is like i think isn't he knighted i think he got knighted like rowan atkinson's like a very well-respected dude in spite of yeah, the fact that he, he plays and he, like i said he's incredibly smart but he just time.
2: he just plays a doof so like seeing a movie of him off the camera i bet you he's just like oh hello would you like to play a chess game and then he just he just slays in chess just Slays.
1: i would love to see bill nye the science just, guy, yeah, as himself because I feel like we always get this like quirky science guy persona, but like I'd love to see a movie where he's just like a normal dude. Like obviously, yeah, he's a, a science-y expert guy, but like the more behind the scenes than what we actually get because I feel like we definitely still always get the polished Bill Nye the Science Guy, and I may have like gotten inspired by that with that when you said that I forgot the Mister Bean's name, but that he's an el- electrical engineer, but I don't know.
0: Rowan Atkinson. Yes, thank you. He was knighted, by the way. Rowan Atkinson is a knight, so let that sink in.
1: Full confession, I've never seen Mr. Bean. There, I said it.
0: Fun
2: fact about Bill Nye, he went to college with my uncle, and they actually knew each other.
0: I bet he's a stand-up guy, I really do. Uh, Jim Carrey would be another one. I'd love to watch a movie where Jim Carrey plays himself, because I think Jim Carrey... Again, I just think, like, it's similar to Shia LaBeouf. I think Jim Carrey's got a lot going on that, like, he plays, you know, like, kind of like Rowan Atkinson, too. He plays kind of these goofy, crazy characters on screen, but I bet if you dissected the person. Oh,
2: he, I mean, you've seen it. Jim, Jim Carrey's the been an open book as far as his, like, philosophical beliefs and it, it's just like yeah. another character like just a totally different person
0: yeah and, and his like various struggles I, I i think in general comedians like i think adam sandler that could be interesting too but to be clear like i i don't think this you know the unbearable weight of massive talent does not look to be a movie that like is going to dissect nicholas cage and like break him down it's going to be like okay he's playing himself uh, for comedic effect predominantly and it's going to be a caricaturized version of himself, much like this is the end, like I mentioned before. And I, I, you know, I think that's gonna work. He did say this in his AMA, not to keep bringing that up, but you really should go read it if you haven't. He said that playing himself was very difficult because what, as an actor, you never play yourself, right? Even when you're asked to play, when you're Nicolas Cage and you're asked to play Nick Cage, you're still going to put something on it, right? You're not, you're not just gonna go, you're not just gonna be yourself, if only because that's not what the script wants you to do the script wants you to do something that they think is you. So he kind of he kind of expressed it as what you hold back and what you don't What was, was a, a very iterative process. And for what it's worth, he also said Pedro Pascal was amazing. And the Rotten Tomatoes review also specifically says that Pedro Pascal was amazing. And uh, give it up for Pedro Pascal. He's got, a, he's got a lot going right now. And I think it's all kind of working out. Starting with he Kingsman, was in the Golden too? Circle, which I don't know if you guys saw that, but he was pretty good in that. I think that was like the first big thing he did. Yeah. Also, that wasn't the first big thing he did. The first big thing he did was probably Narcos. Although I've never watched that show. I just know he's in it. But yeah, the trailer, I mean, the trailers and, the, and a clip that just came out, you know, there's there's a lot of great comedy. You can make a lot of communique with just having Nicolas Cage just kind of be there, first of all. But the absurdity of the life that he must live, there's just a lot to draw on there. And, and, and you hear things like, if you guys ever hear that story, <laughs> it's, it makes me laugh just thinking about it. Someone was interviewing Sean Bean. I think it was an AMA, actually. AMAs are fascinating. You should go read every AMA there is. But someone was AMAing Sean Bean. And they asked him, like, what was the most interesting thing about working with Nicolas Cage on National Treasure? And he said, he was like, one time we went to his house and we were playing pool. And I accidentally broke this dinosaur skull that he had. In his house, like, I guess he was hit it with the pool cue or something. I don't know what happened. And he said Nicolas Cage got, like, really somber. What? And took it out to a field and buried it. And, like, so, like, that right there, like, the, 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 the persona that surrounds Nicolas Cage, of course there's going to be a movie like this. Like, that could be a movie right there. It's, like, that night. <laughs> so just like there's very little extrapolation that probably needs to happen i mean of course there's a there's a plot here that's kind of ridiculous he worked for the cia and everything but like that's my point it's like just imagine nicholas cage's day-to-day at this point he's gone bankrupt he at one point won an oscar he was making really big blockbusters now he's pretty much making like direct-to-dvd or direct-to-video on demand movies with the occasional indie hit thrown in it's just like what an existence he must lead i don't even know how else to put it but it's going to make for 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 a great movie i don't i have no idea what to expect i'm very honest
2: everything he touches i've absolutely enjoyed
0: you guys were singing his praises last week if i remember correctly uh when it came when it came to the bubble so again he's he's got a a lot of good things going right now so right he's also the mandalorian i mean dude can act without even showing his face that's a classic mark of a good actor the unbearable weight of massive talent again releases in theaters April 22nd, 2022. That is this Friday, people. Get it while it's hot. I may very well do that. I don't know. We'll see. My family, again, loves Nicolas Cage. We may save it for like a vacation watch or something. I really have no idea. But looking forward to that. So that brings us to the point in the show where we take a short break. But before we do that, I would of course be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic night level Patreon supporter and Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller, or should I say Sir Stephen Keller? Stephen, can I call you Sir Stephen? Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. Can't imagine you'd have a problem with it. You're among the ranks of such noble knights as Rowan Atkinson, probably a bunch of other people. I know Elton John is a knight, probably like every other cool person from England is. So you're going to want to be a knight. You're going to want to be like Stephen. Stephen supports us at the knight level, the highest level of our patreon levels of support and as a result he gets this producer shout out in which i compare him to rowan atkinson unapologetically he also gets of course input into the weekly game segment which tactic will be hosting this week he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and he gets the occasional guest spot on the show you can also support us at the night level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment for details on any or all of those levels of support you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We'll take a short break now before coming back to talk about squirrel girl. Hey everyone. My name is Josh and I'm the host of the still loading podcast on
2: still loading. I talk about retro and modern video games, video game history, as well as some goofy projects such as an episode of dramatic readings of video game manuals, I've also had composers like Austin Wintory, Andrew Pralo, and Chad Sider on to talk about their upcoming projects. New episodes are released every other Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to check out the show, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher,
0: or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we are back to talk about Squirrel Girl. Yeah, so this is interesting. Let me just s- first start by saying I know nothing about Squirrel Girl. She is a Marvel character. At one point, apparently almost made her TV debut played by the AT&T girl. Also, I shouldn't just call her that. Her name is Milana Vaintrout. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Hopefully it is. You all probably just know her as the AT- AT&T girl. She will be portraying the fluffy-tailed Marvel superhero in a new six-episode podcast series, I guess going on to Serious XM. So this this is interesting, you know, a podcast. For first of all, I guess let me ask you this. Have you guys ever listened to I have to a listened to a couple podcast? I will live like, oh, to a few a fiction like D and D podcasts yeah, to... and
1: some of the like more sciencey fictiony stuff. And I think because my problem is that I tend to listen to podcasts while I'm trying to like do work and it's something I can throw on. And I find that story-driven podcast, things that are a little less conversational and a little bit more detail-oriented that I have to pay attention to, I struggle to listen to more than a few episodes just because I can't concentrate on two different things at the same time. How about you guys?
0: I have only listen to one, but I stopped like midway through. I was driving, so I, I was fully attentive. I was trying to kind of sub it in for an audiobook and uh, for what it's worth, it was called Ronstadt. It was actually voice acted by Rhett and Link from, from YouTube, but it was, it was produced by somebody else. I can't remember who it was produced by. Interesting story. But the thing about it that I struggled with was it was very focused on, and I would even go so far as to say obsessed with, doing things besides just telling a story. And by that, what I mean is, you know, the main character would be walking around on the street and they would put in street noise. Or they would be, you know, at a call center answering phones and you would hear ringing phones everywhere. And like, I get what they were trying to do. It was supposed to be this immersive thing. But in the circumstance that I was in, I wanted, I wanted a story. I wanted an audio book is what I wanted. So it really, you know, this kind of thing depends on what you want. What I can say is based on that experience, even though it wasn't for me, you know, audio only podcasts can do a lot for you in terms of... Imagery. Well, I mean,
1: even if you go back
0: and visualizing things like a comic, if you book, go
1: back in time, uh, I have full faith
0: in this medium television. as being able to do it.
1: Like people got their entertainment from radios, like War of the Worlds. That was all originally like an audio-driven. Yeah, that was all over the radio. Right. That was HGL An audio narrative, and people loved it. And I think if you have the time and the the ability to kind of concentrate on an audio story, I think. It's like obviously very possible for it to be super well done and for like you said them to get the imagery and everything across and tell a very compelling story and narrative through an audio only type of format. I do think it's interesting that they are kind of going into the podcast world though. And I think this is the first time that we've seen a big production company like at this point the MCU is a juggernaut, you know, it's it's its own big production company. And aside from, you know, just like podcast talking and discussing about the MCU that may be sanctioned, this is the first time we've seen like a big production company from my knowledge, at least, kind of directly go into the podcasting sphere to tell a story and kind of introduce a new character like this.
2: And what's even cooler about this is there's nothing that says that it can't eventually evolve into, you know, Squirrel Girl on the big screen. And what's really cool about this is they can get the whole backstory and everything out of the way if they tell the podcast from the perspective of Squirrel Girl, and so we can have sort of a and I and I loved I love to speculate, guys. It's my favorite thing. They can have the situation almost be similar to Peter Parker taking pictures of Spider Man, you know, so that where you know one of these bad guys get taken down by Squirrel Girl and they. They find out that these stories are being told via some podcast. So they look at the podcast. It's up in a treehouse that she's broadcasting via, I don't know, a laptop or whatever. And turns out that that was Squirrel Girl all along. Bam, your origin story's out of the way. You've introdu- You've you've set the scene for your movie and you're off. And so this is just a really cool medium.
0: So you're thinking this might be a, a sort of meta fold in where the podcast is actually her telling her story and that's going to it's going to come up later in some other format uh that's that's interesting
2: i think if they do it that way it it does two things like i said it gets the story out of the way it ties our world into the marvel's world which is cool right i mean she's broadcasting to both simultaneously and good for her and figuring out that frequency and like i said it's just it's just a neat way to do things
1: i would love to eventually see squirrel girl make an actual you're right that was really hard to say it's um, very hard make an actual like video debut though because the casting for this role so i don't know if you're familiar with the at&t girl or milana vaintrub outside of at&t commercials but one of the things that we actually just saw her in was werewolves within and that was the movie kind of funded it was an ifc films production but also in partnership with ubisoft and it had sam richardson i don't know if you saw any of the advertisements for i this. did i, I watched the trailer it for came it came out it looked good last summer yeah It was actually really, really good. And she was one of the leads across from Sam Richardson. And I think she kind of helped carry the movie because she's, I mean, as she kind of portrays in the AT&T commercials, she's a little quirky and kind of like bubbly, quirky sort of character in that movie. And I feel like that's perfect for Squirrel Girl. And granted, I don't know a whole lot about the character, but when I think of any character that's a squirrel and a girl like that's kind of what i want as somebody who doesn't know a lot about the character right so i think in terms of casting that was great and i would love to see that also in video format as well
0: this is a situation you know where caesar wept for there were no more worlds to conquer right i mean podcasting and and it does make sense for them right you know they leave their options open like you said if they want to expand what the character does and where and where she goes they have many avenues with which to do that that are already well established but you know podcasts are such a big deal now like i listen i mean we're doing a podcast first of all we're we're promoting the medium just by being here but and we're a big deal we're a huge deal i i listen to podcasts pretty much daily and i think a very large portion of people do listen to podcast daily at least one podcast daily so it makes sense from a business perspective for them to get themselves into that sphere but i guess the point i'm trying to make is i'm not or the question i would ask is i'm not sure what's left after this if they can get into podcasts and and start cornering that market that's it they they did tv they did movies they did books they did comic books they did they did comic books first they did podcasts they did you know video games that's it. <laughs> Am I wrong about this? I don't. I can't think of anything else that they would think. Oh, this is a huge sector for us to get. Like maybe TikTok or something. Like that's the only thing, other thing I can think of. Where like they start making Marvel TikToks. Uh, that would actually probably be. I mean, hit.
1: at this point, yeah, I feel like depending. So the only thing with TikTok is that a lot of that is based on your for you page and your algorithm is basically bringing you to videos, So I don't know how that would work in terms of like consistent episodic content, but I could see them pulling something off on TikTok where, you know, you have these like one minute self-contained little episodes almost and make it like self-aware, like not so much cinematic, like an a typical, you know, MCU movie or TV show, but just like a super self-aware, like one minute video here or there of superheroes doing relatable real life stuff i think that could actually be really funny so mcu execs if you want to steal that idea i guess you don't have to pay me anything so i just gave it out for free but uh give us a heads up
0: well what i would say too like if we're making a wish list you know going back to podcasts and and let me be clear these things may already exist but there there are two things that i can envision for Marvel podcasts that I think would be really cool. One would be a behind the scenes sort of um sort of like what Brian Baumkartner did with his office podcast. I can't think of what it's called. It might just be called Behind the Scenes of the Office or something. But that's exactly what it was. It was this every episode they talked about how they got the the show off the ground, what it became, the bumps in the road, the triumphs along the way, what people thought of it who were working on it. You know, with Marvel they can talk about you know here's how we made iron man and here's what we thought we want we going to do and here's how we never thought it was going to happen and then it wound up happening you know i think you could make it extremely successful podcast series about that but on top of that another podcast that uh, i think would be really cool would be something like i think there's a podcast called lore which is just kind of going through old lore from you know various old traditions yeah i, I think greek lore is included but like you could make an entire podcast with the proper licensing of just, okay, today we're going to talk about this character. Here's his background. Here's the other characters he interacted with. Here's the major events in Marvel comic history that he was involved in or she was involved in. And, let, and let's kind of break that down. You know, you're basically, at that point, you're basically just going through a wiki page for the character. But people listen to podcasts while they're at the gym, while they're driving, while they're working. It's just, it's another way to get, you know, Marvel content just kind of to this omnipresent state that i think they're angling for so two more ideas for you marvel execs stick that in your pipe and smoke it i guess squirrel girl it's available now first episode is so (laughs) go check it out on all podcast platforms i'm sure spotify apple podcasts are included in that if you are curious squirrel squirrel girl the unbeatable radio show Go see what it's all about and let us know.
2: I will listen to it and let you guys know next week in my, what are you up to?
0: I consider that a promise. So be ready to keep it.
1: Yeah, we're going to hold you to that. So
0: uh, speaking of what are you up to Wednesday? Let's talk about what we've been up to on, on this glorious day Wednesday that we released the podcast. So I already kind of gave mine. Mine was just I watched pig and it was weird. Other than that, the move is basically complete. So I'm going to be start getting starting to get back to Mass Effect here pretty soon. We'll be continuing to update on that, but for now I'm gonna I'm gonna stick a pin in my update and just turn things over to the the more interesting people. Nerd Bomber, give us a give us the skinny.
1: So the biggest thing that I want to talk about, outside of like we finished Wings, that was very good. You should go watch it. We talked about that at length last week. Also Halo, another episode came out. I think we're starting to get into some meat and potatoes there. I'm not 100% sure. The show
2: is actually growing on me. Like, I'm actually starting to like all the characters and where they're going and what their arc is.
1: Going in expecting Halo, and I know we said this a little bit last week, if you're going in and expecting, like, Halo and you're a big game lore fanatic. You're probably a little like miffed at what's happening, but and I'm, I'm going to steal your line here, tactic I'm
2: going to say it before you do. You need to go in with this expecting a sci-fi original show.
1: Like if it, it has the vibes.
2: Like a sci-fi channel.
1: Yeah. It has vibes of a sci-fi channel show. And that's not a bad thing. A lot of people like those shows like Stargate, all that kind of stuff. I guess my problem with it is that because it's halo and it's microsoft and so many people have talked about this show for so you long want mandalorian i thought it was going to be a big budget yeah. like yeah
0: mandalorian quality and
1: i'm getting a sci-fi original and it's not bad it's just not what i was expecting and i'm settling into that and i think that's okay
0: i think i'm gonna st- i'm gonna start watching it i think i'm ready to t- t- to take that leap i keep seeing like commercials I'm for gonna it. I'm going to be
1: really curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I
0: keep seeing commercials for it, and every time I see a commercial for it, I'm like, you know, I should really try that. So, I, I think it's coming for me.
1: And it may just be because they're doing a lot of upfront character development before they really get into the heart of the story. And maybe I'm just like, I'm used to the games where character development kind of takes a backseat and there's yeah. not as much action they just here. Chuck you in. So, yeah. So, I think it's just be coming around to what this show actually is versus my weird expectations for what it is but the biggest thing that we started watching and i don't know how i convinced Tectic to watch this with me but he did choose this over another show option so there is a show called married at first sight
0: oh this and is apparently a, there's
1: like 14 yeah, 15 seasons this is, this this, is a single one of them you, hit netflix
0: you guys are never going to come back oh yeah this, this is I, I know people who are i've watched some of this show Uh, My fiance is pretty into this show. uh, It's wild. I mean, it is exactly what you think it's going to be, at least in my experience. So if you want that, then there's a lot to be had. (laughs) No judgment for me. I think it's, you know, I love shows like that.
1: Season 10 is the only one that's currently available on Netflix, though I do think the rest of the seasons may be on Hulu because it's not like a streaming original. This is Lifetime. This is like core television. And each episode is two hours long. Well, it's like an hour 45 without commercials, but it was like intended to be two hours long. And so this is basically love is blind on steroids and it's absurd. So the premise here is that instead of, you know, love is blind where you have like a week to talk to a bunch of different people through a wall and then you pick one and you got to get married. These people basically leave it up to a matchmaker and they have, like, a basically a personality profile, what their hopes, dreams, goals, whatever. And then there's actually, like, PhD psychologists and, like, marriage counselors who all get together and they try to make a perfect match. And without you knowing anything about this person, who they are, their name, their family, you never get to meet them. You just have to like commit to showing up and marrying them sight unseen, on the spot. And then you do all the, like, getting to know you stuff after. And wow. It is. It's I great, thought it would be kind of stupid. It's great television. But like, it's, it's, it's great television. It really is. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said, because I was talking about this with Tech, Tech Like, I think there's something to be said about, you know, having actual... I, I don't want to say experts, because I looked at, like, the track record of how many couples, and I didn't see which couples from my season actually made it, but it's just, like, Google the generic track record, and it's not many couples actually make it. So, like, clearly they're not great experts, but, like, the idea of having somebody who understands the science between behind sites like Match or an eHarmony or something like that, and how personalities mesh and how that would work, like, pairing you up that way instead of just doing the whole love is blind thing and throwing you at a bunch of dudes who may or may not align with your values. But I think, like, having a fusion between the two shows, like, having the opportunity because I think it's kind of crazy you legally bind yourself to somebody you've never met and I know that's the premise of the show but I think there's a better way to do it like if you combined the idea of love is blind where experts match you up in sort of like a bachelor bachelorette show type scenario where there's like one person and they're given like four or five dudes that they get to talk to behind a wall they don't get to see them for like a week feel them out feel like their personalities, if you jive, and then you have to marry them sight unseen. I think that would be like the perfect combination of all of these dating shows. But it is really interesting because there are definitely on this season, like there are people who I'm not entirely sure why they're on this show. If they just thought it would give them like fame or notoriety or something. And then there are yeah, people prob- who, I mean, like... Yeah, probably that. It feels like... <laughs> But there's also like a couple couples that the experts seem to have done a really bang up job matching together. Like there's this one couple in the season. They're both like super dorky and awkward and like make a lot of stupid dad jokes to each other. And right off the bat, they were just like quirky and awkward together. And it's like, wow, OK, this was a good like they did a but, good job matching. But, but these that's, that's the
0: thing. It's like,
1: but I don't know if they'll last
0: the success rate. For this show to be successful, the success rate does not have to be high. A, a, a because people, some people just tune in to watch to watch it blow up, right? But also because so long as there's any non-zero chance that it'll work. If they show that like two out of 50 work, then you're always going to be thinking maybe this one will work. As long as it's not, as long as it's like- But I feel like wait, that's a really
1: a low percentage. But it's
0: still non-zero. So you're still going to be wondering, you know? And that's that's what keeps you hooked in.
1: Like I said, I didn't look up to see who made it or didn't. But I think I was reading of the 15 seasons, like, there are eight or more seasons where literally none of the couples lasted. And to me, that's that's like a p- pretty close to non-zero chance. And of the other seasons, it's like maybe one or two couples. And there's like five, maybe six couples in this season that got married off.
0: I think that makes it more... But it's
1: entertaining. Uh, I think sure. that
0: might even make it more entertaining because you just, you hold out hope, even though there might not be as much. I just think that that's... That's a good. That's a good hook. Yeah, no, this show is indubitably successful. I look forward to hearing about you watching every other season. So it might it might take a while, but it's, it'll it'll probably be worth it.
1: <laughs> so I do have a question. We're all obviously happily betrothed at this point. Would you ever? go on a show like this or love is blind or any of these dating shows would you ever see yourself doing that it did you ever get like would you ever see yourself getting to a point maybe you're in you're like late 30s and you're like i just really want to find someone let's do this crazy reality show would you do, I it? Would, yeah, do yeah, it yeah
0: yes yes i would do it uh, i'm not i i wouldn't do it like I, if i were to do it it wouldn't be coming from a place of desperation it would be more so like
2: yeah, I'm like... Mine would be a place of exhaustion, not desperation. No, mine wouldn't be that it either. Would, it would probably be word for word. I've tried the whole Tinder thing. It's, it's nothing but a bunch of superficial nonsense. And I just want to see what the experts have to say because I have so much love to give. That's what I would I, say. I,
0: I think it's so, you know... The relationships that I've had, they the person that... I, the way I've met the person has been through somebody else or in a certain situation. It's never, it's never been through apps. So, you know if the situation happens to be we are on a reality show, that's still a situation in which I meet somebody. Like I, I, I think that I don't think there was necessarily a time where I would like, I would have done it if someone had asked me, but I could certainly envision my, have envisioned myself, you know, before now, obviously like, I don't know, being open to the idea. Yeah. I, I think I would have done it. Tech sounds like he would have done it. What about you nerd bomber?
1: I, I don't know. There is one character on this show that finds themselves being like different on camera than who they are behind the scenes. And I'm not saying that I would be a completely different person, but I think I don't know if I would be able to be my authentic self knowing that there's cameras on me 24-7. There's a, there's a
0: subconscious posturing that happens probably.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I don't know if I would be able to trust that anybody else in that process would not be the same way. And like I said, I don't know, like the guy on the show that we're like the season that we're watching, he's really bad. But like even just like little things, like I feel like one of the things that makes tactics and our relationship pretty successful is that we can literally 100% just be ourselves and let our guards down and I don't think I could do that. So I don't think it would be very successful for me.
2: I think I'm too awkward to hide that stuff.
1: Well, like I would be the person that would wake up at like the crack of dawn before the camera crew gets there and like trying to hide my adult acne. I mean, you know, like I would be that person slapping on concealer. So this stranger that I'm waking up next to isn't seeing me at my worst right off the bat. I don't know. I couldn't do I it. I
0: just, I I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, what my attitude would be on the show, I don't know. Like, I imagine it, it would be something sort of like I probably wouldn't take it seriously at first, and then I would meet somebody that I liked, and I'd be like, "Oh crap, I should probably start taking this serious." Like, I, I don't know. You know, I would probably be initially be there to see what it was all about, and then if I met someone, the number one goal would be exactly that to establish what their level of actual buy-in is whether they're being genuine and that's a hard thing to assess right especially on television but i know i stand by my answer i think I, I there's a there's a universe in which i would have i would have tried that so anyways have fun watching that t-dog hit me so the thing
2: that i want to talk about is we watched per your recommendation actually the founder with Michael Keaton, he plays the "quote unquote" founder of the McDonald's franchise, but not so much the founder of McDonald's. And he really just goes to show that you don't need to be creative or innovative or anything. You got to be in the you just right got to be place
1: the right
0: time. A <laughs> jerk. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That
1: and ruthless.
0: Got to be a ruthless jerk. For those that don't know, Ray to to be successful, Ray Kroc, he kind of just screwed over the guys who had the first McDonald's played by ron swanson in the movie nick offerman and somebody else they were i think they were like brothers or something and they ran this mcdonald's and he he was selling milkshake machines and and he went there and was like wow this is pretty good and then yeah kind of started cutting a lot of throats and eventually it turned into a real estate company instead of a instead of a food service company and that's what it is today there's a lot to be learned from watching the founder it was a pretty good movie uh hopefully you guys enjoyed it
2: it's basically get everything in writing or else they're going to screw you because in the the other part is, they said, hey, you know what? You, you can have the franchise. We just want 1% royalty. And he said, and sorry if I'm spoiling this, but this has just really got under my skin. He said, ah, I don't really want to bake that into the contract. Let, let's call it a handshake deal for the 1% royalty. And you want to know what they didn't get of their idea and their sake? The one guy's name was Mac McDonald. That's right. And he didn't even get the 1%.
1: Well, not only that, Creepy. but then, and again, a little bit of a spoiler, but this is also just like real life facts. He then went and opened a McDonald's location after stripping the name off of their restaurant and opened one right across the street from them to put them out of business. Yeah. like that's just petty and mean.
2: Like they got they they each got um about a million dollars after taxes. for So, like, this hard whole thing. to
1: feel too too bad, but also like,
2: but like man. that's their namesake, and then and. It it just it just felt wrong, just felt absolutely wrong. This guy made billions of dollars and he couldn't even give them
0: one percent. Like yeah, just what a he he what a sleaze ball. He,
1: and then dumped his wife.
0: Ugh. He does not. This is just
1: full spoilers for this movie, but this is real
0: life. You, so. Right, you just Wikipedia this. He does not come out of the movie looking like the hero or remotely the good guy. Uh, so if you're expecting that going in, well, so actually stop I it. could
2: have said beside the wife thing. I could have said, you know what, these guys weren't going to take their business anywhere. They were just going to do the one, the one place, and 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 that's all they were happy with. But like, but and and he took it farther than they ever would have, which is fine. I was for that. I thought he was making really smart business decisions. And had he just gave them the one percent, because that's all they asked for. I would have been fine with there, it. I would well, have been absolutely again. Wife aside, he was like a jerk in his personal relationship, but from a business
0: standpoint, I would have been fine with it. There's certainly it was just that one percent thing that just really got under my skin. There's an element of the capitalistic savvy that you can you could probably take from it and respect, but it's it's pretty small. <laughs> is what my memory of it is. But yeah, he's. I think he's dead now. Ray Kroc. If he's not, he's probably covered in money. He's dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, he probably was buried with a bunch of money, even though you can't take it with you. Anyways, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It's infuriating, but good. (laughs) Well, do you want to work through your anger by quizzing us? I do, but it's not going to be an
2: aggressive quiz. It's going to be a nice fun quiz because we're going to talk about pugs. I love a good pug. And so we're going to roll right into it with the first question being, how old was the oldest pug? And who's ahead right now? Is it... It's uh, me. So the records as they penalty. stand
0: currently, yeah, I'm at five and five. Tectic is five and five. Uh, Nerd Bomber, four and five. Uh, Steven, I don't know? Steven undefeated still in the, in the 2022 quiz tracking. So I'll go first. This pug was old as dirt. This pug, I mean, so pugs are, have a lot of health problems. So it's not like crazy old, but I'm going to go ahead and say 23, which is pretty freaking old. Years, by the way. 23 years.
1: I feel like pugs can... Like, I've heard of a old, old pug. I'm going to go with... I don't want to plus one you, though. You said 23? Sure did. Screw it. I'm going to waste my plus one early. I'm going to say 24.
2: So that was a solid plus one move. Snooky. Is the oldest known pug to have ever lived, living until a staggering 27 years Ooh. old. Snooky, a native to South Africa, throughout his life is recognized as not only the oldest pug, but one of the oldest dogs in general to have ever lived.
1: I remember, and this is like a, a side note, but I had like a huge Doug the Pug phase for a while. And I remember like looking up because I, I didn't know, you know, no one wants your idols to go go away right. and i loved doug the pug and so i wanted to be like how many years of doug the pug content do i have left and i remember looking that up so i knew it was like i couldn't remember if she hit or he hit 30 but i remember it was like the late 20s i just didn't know where the cutoff was
0: Snooky's a boy by the way named I mean. after the jersey shore character i can only assume i respect the plus one <laughs> i respect the hustle it was a good plus one i'm not mad let's continue when did the pug breed originate
1: I feel like I can envision like old timey paintings of, you know, British royalty with their like coiffed powder wigged hair things going on and they're holding a pug. And I don't know if that's like just something that is something we've done for fun in recent days and we've just like painted that up. But I feel like I've seen a picture of that and I'm going to just assume that it's real. So I'm going to say 1700 first pug came around and it was a royal pug.
0: Way before that, we're 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 going. I'm tempted to go BC, but I'm not going to go that crazy. I'm just going to say 100 AD. So you both
2: busted. Yeah. See, most believe that the breed originated in China and existed before 400 BC, and were called low seas sh- or L O dash S Z E. So you both busted on I that. I should have
0: just gone way. I, you I should've should've should have gone with I your gut. gone all the way back. I, I I knew I had the right idea.
2: Yeah, there was, there was, you could have said the dawn of time. Right,
0: that's what I should have done.
2: Because she was super high.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, I'm behind the eight ball here, but what's what's let uh, soldier on.
2: So at four months old, how small was the smallest ever pug? And the unit of, it's going to be weight and we're going to do ounces.
0: And this is me first again. Pretty small. Eight ounces.
1: I know that's small, but that seems too small. Almost. I'm trying to think like, because I actually, I weigh a lot of food and now I'm comparing pugs to food and this just feels bad. But I do, I weigh food a lot, you know, trying to, to get that wedding weight off, which I know I should just be happy with who I am. But hey, it's been a few years since I bought my dress and I got squeezed into that sucker. I'm going to double you. I'm going to say 16 ounces.
0: The sun is setting on illegal. Sun shining on Nerd Bomber. So this, this- I'll tell you. This pug was
2: one pound four ounces, or twenty ounces in total weight. Golly,
1: yeah, I figured it had to be at least a pound. Eight ounces like is nothing. Yeah, yeah like, but if you're, I don't know if you could have organs and be eight. Ounces but if you're asking a, qu- as if, a if dog- you're asking
0: a question, it's probably going to be a pretty shocking answer. That's kind of my governing theory here. But I need to get these last two correct, or I'm, I'm, I'm roasty toasty. So
2: yeah, you need to hundo pee it. Yeah, but P. On, on the plus side, she already used her plus one. So and I haven't. There's that going for you.
1: The bust is really what killed you.
2: Indeed it is. Okay. So how high can pugs jump? And this is going to be in inches.
1: This feels like a trick question. Although, no, they can, like, jump on things. Uh, I guess this isn't a trick question. I was envisioning, <laughs> like, can, a jump on... They can jump on like, things. Like, all fours just, like, straight up in the air. Pugs can jump <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: on things.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is in inches. I feel like most pugs have at least been able to clear the couch. I know your brother's pug illegal can clear the couch. Yeah. because My brother it's has a pug.
0: It's, it's my dead. brother does have a pug, full disclosure. I should be winning. His name's is Mittens. I should be winning this because I know I should know more about pugs just because my brother I'm going
1: one. to say Mittens. A couch is usually what? Well, like it's not three feet off the ground, but it's like 30 inches from the seat to the floor. I might be overestimating. I don't know. 30 inches, though. 30 inches.
0: Uh, 31, Bob.
2: So the 31 was a. Great answer, because it's 36 inches or three feet.
0: The plus one is coming through here uh, for both parties. Yeah,
2: this is... this. We might be going into overtime, folks.
0: This is intense. There's no plus warning here in this last question. This is just mano a mano, so so hit me with it.
2: And you actually might have an advantage on this one, depending how involved you were with mittens. What is the average cost of a pug?
0: Uh, my involvement was not this high. But I will say it's it's probably pretty expensive. Again, they have a lot of health problems.
1: Well you mean just the adoption cost, right? Like you're going out to buy a pug, or do you mean the lifespan cost of a pug?
2: You're buying a car. Co- oh, oh buying it. Well,
0: oh, it's still pretty high.
1: You're welcome, by the way. I could see I could hear from across the seas that your brain was trying to churn all of like the daily expenses of a pug. And I was like, no, 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 I got you.
0: I'm gonna say uh six hundred big boys.
1: Did you say six hundred? Six hundred dollars. Sir, sir, a purebred puppy goes for like thousands. In interest of not plus one in you, but also I don't want to bust, I'm going to say a thousand, but it's way more than that. I know for sure.
2: Pause for dramatic effect. Nerd Bomber takes this one. It is $1,200 is the average cost.
1: Okay,
0: so I wasn't that far off.
1: It's actually cheaper than I thought. I thought you were going to say something There like have 5, been 000. some
2: some show breeds that have sold for up to $3,000, but again, this is an average. Okay. so
0: I... uh for and granted my dog is neither a pug nor a purebred but i believe he cost us 195 dollars. so i was just like just multiply that by three <laughs> i I'll get this closer i don't know i there's really no logic there and uh, i deserve the loss so boy that really c- continues nodding things up here in the quiz world uh, i dropped to five and six nerd bomber moves to five and five tactic is also at five and five so it's basically just a big old wait
1: that quiz means host sandwich you're in last place right
0: i'm now. in currently i jumped all the way from well tied for first to last place it's the first time i've been in last place in a hot minute not that i keep track or anything but i literally do keep track it's one of my jobs on the show so next week
2: i'll be trying to and and we can say yeah we can say that the removal of the sweep from our soundboard was still a good decision because it hasn't
0: needed to be hasn't used. been used yet uh we'll keep track of that as well so next week I will try to reclaim uh, I don't know some self re- some dignity. some self respect I was yeah the dignity was the word I was looking for in a in a quiz versus tactic but until then we hope you guys have a fantastic week if you enjoyed the show you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or if you didn't you can hit us up on our Twitter's handles I already mentioned our main show account is at online warriors one let's have a conversation there and uh, yeah we'll let tactic take us out with a tech tip so spring has sprung leaves are coming back to trees but
2: i want to kind of do a psa to to say this that with all these leaves i would just i would be weary of of trees and just kind of stay away from them because you
0: know they could be a bit shady have a good week everybody